Welcome back to What the HR Podcast. I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson. And I'm Mike Tool, HR technology consultant with SAP Success Factors. In today's episode, we're joined by Joe Riley. Joe is the co-founder and CEO of Sensia, an AI-powered talent acquisition tool for the enterprise. In the interview, we talked about the global talent landscape, both pre and post COVID-19. We also talked about how to remove biases within the recruiting process. Joe does a great job of explaining her background right in the beginning of the interview, so I'll save that part. But I do want to note that she's been featured in Fortune, Fast Company, Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, Bloomberg, Huffington Post, and that list goes on and on. She's been recognized as one of the top 100 women in tech. She's currently in the President's Program at Harvard Business School where she's receiving her MBA. And she also sits on the Board of Directors for Young Presidents Organization, the San Francisco Bay Chapter. And she's an active angel investor in early stage companies. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so we're going to get into Sensia and everything that you guys are doing over there. But to kick us off, tell our listeners um, about yourself and about Sensia, how you arrived there. You have a fascinating background on on how you got there, and I I know that they'll be interested to hear it. Absolutely. Happy to. So uh, I have a very unique background in that you would never put connect the dots to get here. Uh, I was born and raised in San Francisco and uh, went to boarding school for, for high school in Connecticut. My parents were kind of like, how far could we possibly send you when you're 13 years old? So I was that kid. Um, but very quickly in high school, I fell in love with a sport, rowing, um, which I found was one of the best kind of life lessons for me around teamwork. I rowed in eights and every person in the boat had their unique position and we had to be fully aligned in order to have the greatest outcome. So it's, it's something you'll hear me talk about as I talk about just building, building Sensia. But uh, I went to University of Virginia for college. I went specifically to UVA for both the fact that it was a great school and also had probably the best rowing program in the country. Um, and my sophomore year in college, I had an interesting thing happen, which is that I got recruited to the FBI and CIA. I, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to uh, funny, not, not a joke, but I (laughs) wanted to be an assassin. Um, so my parents were like, what about a ballerina or a normal child? Could you just not be this weird? Um, but I, I did, I was, I was very enthralled with the idea of how can I get into intelligence? And, uh, right out of college, I joined the FBI. I was in the international training unit. So I trained police in the Middle East and Africa, loved what I did. I hated the bureaucratic structure, which I guess being an athlete where I was completely motivated by merit from a very young age, it was not a, it was no surprise that I wouldn't be, uh, I was, I wouldn't be very excited about a a bureaucratic structure. So I left the FBI and I started my first company when I was 22, um, which I sold when I was 24 and I've been an entrepreneur ever since that business grew from, you know, up to about 500 employees before we sold it. Um, I moved to China for five years and I built a mobile e-commerce company that I joined venture to the Chinese government. And that was a really unique experience to get out of the United States and kind of lose everything to understand how grateful I was to have the freedoms I did, but also how 
what, what was globalization? Like I was witnessing globalization as it was happening. I was understanding the world in this huge scale that I had never seen before. And I think that also inspired a lot of what I'll talk about with Sensia. Um, I then went on and I, I, I started to fall in love with the idea of HR technology. And this has been a, a journey over the last 10 years. I, you know, as any entrepreneur, you kind of constantly look at what is the next big thing. And I had a great parents and they taught me that when you want to know the next big thing, ask the people that are going to design or have the need for the next big thing. And so I, I took that literally. I traveled to, over the last 10 years, I've traveled to over 100 countries. I've sought out the best executives I could find, CEOs, business leaders, and even in some cases, national leaders, so presidents, prime ministers, and ask them what, actually really three main questions. What's your greatest asset? What is your biggest challenge? And what is your biggest fear? And what was shocking to me was that they all said basically the same thing. They all said talent for, as the answer to all three of those. My greatest asset were my people. My biggest challenge is finding people. And my biggest fear is that if I can't find people that are good enough for the future of this digital transformation we're going through, I'm not going to be able to survive. And that kicked off this passion I have for HR technology, which is using and leveraging technology to be able to really speed up those processes. And so Sensia, I, I, I built uh, my, my third company I built. And instead of selling, I took it all the way through IPO, which was an amazing journey to go through. I learned a lot. Um, but Sensia, I will tell you, it's kind of probably like having children. I, I don't have children of my own, but I imagine the fourth child is a lot easier than the first child. And so business is a bit the same way in that I've learned a lot from, from three businesses and, uh, Sensia is a deep passion. And so what Sensia does is we're a talent intelligence platform that really helps organizations identify who are the right talent for them to hire in a much more instant way and in a way that we remove a lot of the human bias and a lot of the human bottleneck that goes into that process and so deliver predictive intelligence solutions directly into the enterprise as an extension to their applicant tracking systems so and all that's amazing i mean you took a long road to land where you're at and you learn a lot along the way what were some of the trends or, or themes when building Sensia? So, I mean, you say in talent intelligence and finding the right people, like what were some of the things that, I guess, why did you land on this specific product? Yeah. So the, some of the, you know, as, as it, the journey didn't stop at just kind of asking what people's problems were and their, and their fears and their assets. I wanted to understand with all these solutions that are out there. I mean, last year in the United States, we spent $256 billion externally just looking for talent. That's an enormous amount of money to think, you know what I need to do? Create another solution for that. <laughs> and I didn't understand why we were, we were obviously spending so much money, but what was going on and where was the pain point happening? Well, what we learned was that technologies had been built to date up up to today, talent technology, searching for talent, have been built in a keyword search-based structure. So if I want to hire somebody who, let's say, comes out of SAP, I would, you know, 
I could go into, let's say, LinkedIn or GitHub or Stack Overflow or Career Builder or Indeed or any of those systems, and I type in, find me an enterprise account executive at SAP. The issue starts to arise in the fact that even just the title enterprise account executive has many different ways that they're that someone might say that that role, meaning exactly the same thing, Mm -hmm. let alone SAP. You would think there wouldn't be that many ways to say SAP, but there's over 2,000 ways that people say that the employees today at SAP write SAP. Now, in a keyword search system, if you only know a few of those, what that does is it narrows down the talent pool, and a very small population of the qualified talent show up. Same problem exists with skills and everything else. What we learned was we had to be able to change search the same way that Spotify changed search for music and the same way that Trulia changed search for real estate or Netflix changed search for movies by creating a multi-dimensional matching engine. So understanding people as holistic as their entire career and their holistic professional picture versus just a keyword, right? Mm. Where I went to school doesn't determine why I'm successful, but how everything in my past links together starts to identify certain patterns that we can see across the entire, I would say, professional landscape. Right. Um, So really recruiters are limited by just their knowledge of the different titles out there that that mean the same thing. Um, On top of that, we hear a lot, and I mean, there's a lot going on right now with diversity and inclusion. And whether we like to admit it or not, we have those biases when we see a name we've heard of or, um, you know, a, a place where somebody worked before. Like we have, it's just, it's there. So are you guys doing anything to remove that for companies? Yeah, that, that is the core mission of the company is to eradicate human bias and talent search. And so the reason we do it that way is uh, when any person tries to explain what they think good is, it's very subjective. And naturally, unconscious or conscious bias goes into that process. If I'm trying to explain what is a good engineer in Silicon Valley, well, I guess they work at, I don't know, Google, maybe Airbnb. I'll think of some companies off the top of my mind. Maybe I'll say they go to schools like Stanford or they go to MIT. But the problem is that doesn't actually, again, it doesn't define success. So what we decided was how do we remove those by taking away the requirement for people to say how to define someone. And instead, what's amazing about the system is you can type any person's name in our system anywhere in the world, and it will instantly turn that person into a model and a short list of people that 95% are capability match and above, but stripping all people of gender, ethnicity, race, sexual orientation, disability, veteran status, when we're building that, I would say, cloning or lookalike performance uh, platform. But then on the back end, allowing you to target certain diversities that you are short as an organization. Yep. Um, as far as you mentioned, was it $250 billion? Was that, am I saying that number right? There, there was a spend in talent. What, what are you guys seeing since you are on kind of the forefront of, of talent acquisition? Uh, what are you seeing since COVID happened with companies, um, whether they're hiring more or less, because it's affecting businesses differently across the board. How has your offering changed and how has the landscape changed just within talent acquisition since we hit this pandemic? Yeah, great question. 
we've seen that there's a shift that's occurred. There's a lot of companies that have downsized due to COVID, and there's a lot of companies that have had to have rapid hiring due to COVID. And that neither one were planning accordingly. <laughs> so for the companies that are going through rapid scale, they're trying to up-level every piece of the business. It's not just, if you're you know, Amazon, you're not just looking for more delivery people or logistics and supply chain. You need more engineers, you need more product, you need everything, more everything. If you're a company that's downsizing, you're not sure when this, when this is gonna end. And at any point, the leaders of that organization can say to talent leaders, now, hire now, go get us all those people back. And the, the issue is there, they go, I don't know how to do this and I'm not sure how to start. So there's a need for efficiency technology right now more than there's ever been on both companies scaling and, and decreasing. We're also seeing that with the rapid rise of unemployment from 3% to double digits, that is causing an influx. You know, a lot of companies complained before COVID about this, the large number of inbound applicants that were coming into the, that were applying to their jobs. And that how, you know, they would say these are anywhere between close to 90% to 95% unqualified. So they're just spending a lot of time manually screening through candidates. Well, now with COVID, that number is at least 3x that number. So they're going to be right. dealing with numbers that they've never seen before, and they don't have the people to screen through those. Additionally, we're seeing that there is a need across the board to hire digital talent. People are hungry for digital talent, and digital talent is anyone that can do anything in the digital world today, whether it's digital sales, digital marketers, product engineering, data scientists, data researchers. So kind of across the board in when it comes to digital and tech roles. And that was already at an extreme shortage before COVID. There is an extru a, a very big shortage now. Mm -hmm. What's unique about right this moment in time is that certain companies, due to the fact that their structure of their business, they had to lay off people that were not planning on it. And I'm going to use an example here. An engineer at Airbnb. An engineer at Airbnb four months ago, five months ago, would cost any company $100,000 externally to pay to hire that person. Today, those people are out of a job and they're looking for work. And there are millions of these people. We actually launched a part of, of our product, which is called Ready to Hire. It's completely free for any individual and any organization to use. And what it does is it's for companies that are displacing talent, they can come and, and add those people to ready to hire so that we can prioritize them and match them into companies that are hiring. And the companies that are hiring can access those people for no cost, no enablement, no deployment. It's just literally sign up, get access, start hiring. What we've seen in that short period of time of just the last two months, we already have two, close to now two, two and a half million people that are ready to hire talent that as we've sliced and diced that data are sitting at, they're in some of the most coveted, they were historically in the most coveted roles, right, to hire from, and they're floating around. And it's so interesting to hear the companies that are saying, we're gonna go get those people. Mm -hmm. Because it's not who you think. And the companies that wanna get the competitive advantage are gonna have to go after that talent right now more than ever. So um, that, that's really interesting. Um, so it, within the pandemic, there is an opportunity to get talent that otherwise wasn't available. And are you seeing that as an opportunity that a lot of companies are taking advantage of? Or is it 
not as many as you would think. Like, do people need to understand the opportunity that that's here? I think that a lot of companies are taking advantage of it. I think there's also on the top level that organizations are saying we're in a hiring freeze. So we're not even going to look at, they might be telling their own teams, don't even worry about looking. We're in a hiring freeze. Well, the issue isn't about being in a hiring freeze or not. It's around building the talent pipeline and pool when that hiring freeze comes out that they have access to. And to do that in a very predictive, higher quality way is, is key. I also think that a lot of companies right now are looking at how do we free up cash flow? How do we consolidate our spending? And what is really interesting is Sensio is built in a way for the enterprise. That that is how we focus. That's what we looked at was not, all right, we're gonna build this for small businesses. Average customer for Sensio is, you know, we're we're over ten thousand employees. So the system has it allows companies to not have to spend so much money on outside vendors so they don't have to spend nearly the amount of money that they do on maybe platforms that are professional networks or on you know resume databases or on job boards and so they can they can free up that cash flow and just add it as an extension to their existing systems like success factors Great. Before we get kind of too far down the line and away from some of the very specifics about Sensia for those listeners who might not be interested or might not be familiar with the product, um, tell us a little bit more about how it works. So would it be, and you and you and Mike are going to have to excuse me because you guys are in the technology realm and I'm not. So I'm probably going to use some terminology where you guys might uh, give me some eye rolling here, but um, would it be like a a plug-in to like an SAP or is it more a standalone product? So that's question number one. And then question number two is you mentioned um, the opportunity for talent to use your system to get tied up to more than one potential employer. So then how does that work? Is it like a cloud-based tool, something similar to just try to put it into terms for listeners like an Indeed, for example? Yeah, no, great questions. Um, So we it can either be, just to answer your first question, it can either be standalone or it can act as an extension. We, though, have a lot of capabilities beyond just searching for passive talent or searching for what talent is out there. We can also rank instantly all inbound applicants. We rediscover all people that applied in the past that are qualified for opportunities. So really eliminating the black hole for candidates that they're really frustrated with and also companies, right? Companies hate the fact that they can't access their past candidates. And so being able to do that in an instant way is is really key for them. Being able to predict which existing employees are the right fit for these new opportunities to keep the employees retained and really drive that internal mobility. And so when we're an ex- when we are plugged into an SAP, it we you access a lot more of our solution capabilities. Whereas if it's standalone, it's going to have it's not going to add those capabilities, but it's going to be a passive search platform, just like, let's say, accessing LinkedIn would be, but we had a much better search output. In a second question, which is around candidates, Ready to Hire was the first time that we launched something for individuals. It was always sold into the enterprise, but the individuals, we kept hearing more and more. One, we want to be able to, you know, we've been displaced, Sensia wanted to help, but also talent is really interested in understanding what do they look like today in a digital world where they're being assessed by AI technology. And so it was a kind of a perfect two-way thing where 
We instead let them have access to be able to provide us their data and that we would show them what things are really highlighted, how they look against the landscape, and then give them also opportunities to find further educational things. So if they wanted to say, I want to be in, I'm a you know, uh, product manager today, I want to be a data product manager in the future, that we would show them how they can get there based on either educational resources and also what kind of skills those individuals have and capabilities. And so it's not so much that we're going to show them jobs like a job board like Indeed, as you referenced, but instead we're going to really help them as individuals build a much stronger presence online so that they can be found by AI technologies, which I think are more and more the way that talent is getting matched into organizations. Okay. So did you say that that's a free service to talent yeah. or is there yeah, a cost? It's free. No, it's free. It is free. Okay. And so how do you talent? Oh, go oh, ahead. Accessing any displaced talent is free as well for companies. So anyone that's been affected due to COVID, those two and a half million people, um, and that's free as well. Okay. How can talent find that? How, find you guys? Sure. They go to sensia.com backslash ready to hire. And it's R-E-A-D-Y-T-O-H-I-R-E. If I could spell it, that would be good. <laughs> I was like, that's, I that. Sorry. that's great. Thank you, Jill. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, you hear machine learning, you hear AI and I'm in the tech space and sometimes I'm like, I don't know how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, Talk a little bit about how you got to the platform that you're at. Like what goes on behind the scenes and how does it build profiles for these people? Yeah. So people are putting their data in a lot of places. You know, we have, I think about myself, I have everything from LinkedIn to GitHub to About Me to Stack Overflow. You know, there's lots of different resources that I show up. Talent is everywhere, whether that be in a resume database, whether that be in a, on a job board that they've put their data in, whether it's professional network, platforms like Google, Google Scholar, alumni networks, all of this data is out there. The issue is it's really hard for recruiters to find. And candidates are kind of exhausted at the idea of where do I put all this information to be found. And so what Sensia looked at was, why don't we aggregate all that data from the sources that exist? Well, sure enough, that data exists on that over 2,400 main sources that we pull from. And all the data that we aggregate, we actually build into what's called a Sensia ontology. So we, when, what that means is, as you, as I explained as a, the example of the job title, one job title has lots of similar titles. And so all of them get brought together and it builds, that creates a cluster and then one, one identifier across all of them so that we can build superior intelligence around what does that title actually mean? I'm going to give you another example why that's important. Women put 40% less skills on their resume and profiles than men. It's just a stat. And the issue is in a keyword search-based system, you're naturally filtering out women. Everybody's hungry for diversity, as you talked about earlier. And yet here we are all using search systems that naturally eliminate out those people that put less skills in there than their male counterparts. And so Sensia looked at it and said, how do we cluster things like skills so that we can infer when someone puts one skill, they don't have, you know, if you're in enterprise sales, you could say enterprise sales, B2B sales, business to business sales, corporate sales. I mean, there are hundreds of ways you could say a right. skill that says business to business sales. And in the end, 
one of those will allow us to identify everything else and how those skills match to a job title, match to a company to understand what someone's specialization is. What that allows us to do is we've built intelligence around things like career trajectory, rising stars, loyalty, uh, peer comparison. So how well is somebody competing up against their peers when it comes to their own career paths? Also, what is their career? What should, what could they potentially be in, in the future? We're seeing a shift right now that's occurred, which I'm super excited about in the enterprise. I keep, I mean, this has been a a driving passion of why I built Sensia, but now that enterprise has gotten there, which is that they're really shifting the way that they look for people based on from role type hiring. So things like job title, or they worked at a company to really now capability type hiring. So understanding people based on, are they capable of doing a job, even if the title has nothing to do with that job? And that's what's really exciting because it's going to, again, allow a lot, a lot of great talent to be discovered by the enterprise. So just so I heard that right, things like this person was a data scientist for five years um, and it's, it's, a, it's a woman. So with the stat, we're just saying potentially her profile isn't as built out with skills. Right. Um, she didn't put them in. But mm-hmm. Sensi is saying there's another person, let's say a male who did fill up their profile. And we can assume that because they've had the same role for the same amount of time, that that female also has those skills and will bring that person forward. That's right. But even more so, even if she has one skill in there, we already know similar skills and how those skills tie to the company. So it, it, is, it is exactly what you said. Luckily, our training data set is very large, which yeah. is what's really important in machine learning and AI technologies. We today sit with over 550 million people on our platform. And so that means that we've trained our data. And each of those people, when we train our data, we've stripped all people of these bias identifiers, right? Things like gender and ethnicity and race and sexual orientation and disability status and veteran status. So we're really looking at how can we, how can we even out the playing field for people that are qualified, but might not know exactly how to hack LinkedIn or exactly how to build the perfect resume? Rather, how do you make sure that the best talent is found in the fastest and fairest way possible to drive higher quality candidates into organizations? What I love about that is that you guys are helping candidates too, because corporate America is a game at some level and some people either don't care or don't know how to play it as well. And now I am being found for skills that I have, but I just maybe didn't elevate my profile to all-star status on LinkedIn, right? Um, Are you guys also looking at, let's say that I'm a customer service rep and we found that at our company that with that background, you're actually a really good fit for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, does that pop up? Do you know what I'm asking when I ask that? Yeah. Yes, okay. for sure. So you're asking, can you make lateral moves? Yeah. Or lateral assumptions that skills, you know, will transcend to other roles. Uh, absolutely. That's the core of what we're seeing right now is that, especially COVID. COVID put this pressure on organizations where if you're a huge company, let's say you're IBM, right? You've got one department that's growing rapidly and scaling, but you've got another department that's downsizing. Mm -hmm. And the skill overlap in the organization is crazy, right? They have lots of people, but they don't know, they're going to post a job out there on the job board and say, I really hope to God 
the best candidate that has all of these very unique skills, uh, clicks on this, sees it out of, is, does not care about Instagram anymore, TikTok, or they don't care at all about Snapchat. They're really focused on watching job boards and they're so perfect and they're great yeah. and everybody wants them and they apply to this job. That's not happening, right? We all know. I'm obviously being sarcastic here. Yep. But that candidate, when what organizations want is they want to see their people in a way of understanding who can we move from one department to the other, even though that job has nothing to do with this job over here, but their capability is able to be shifted. And so we're seeing a lot of that movement right now where people have the right skills, show the right capability, the promise of capability in a role, but their job title was nothing, nothing like it. Mm -hmm. It could even be as crazy as shifting from being an FBI to being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that is, that's a, that's a leap FBI to, I mean, there's some investigative skills in HR, right? I bet you there's, there's, uh, some of those skills definitely moved over with you. Um, what is your vision for Sensia or just the talent landscape, you know, as a CEO, oftentimes when I talk to other CEOs, they have a point in time product, but they have something that they're thinking, right? That's going to happen a year down the road. Like what, what goes on in your mind when you think of the talent landscape and what's to come? Yeah. Well, what's really exciting is that um, we have invested, you know, right now we have a, a product that is external facing for talent acquisition. What excites me also is talent management intelligence. And so that idea of the fact that a lot of, you know, there's, there's bias inside of organizations too, conscious and unconscious bias that shows up and that can show up in a performance review that can show up in a lack of performance review that can show up in a lack of a promotion that's deserved unequal pay. And so what is really neat is that Sensi has built the capability to be able to identify high performers and high quality candidates that are capable. What we've now been testing and we've shown and we'll, go out, you know, in the, in the near future is actually being able to model high performers within the organization that are unknown. We've seen more and more, we've been doing this now with, with customers where we are them back check of going, Oh my God, that person is a high performer. This person is a high performer. And then high performance churn. Also competitive intelligence is a really big thing. So where, you know, what does it look like us versus our competitors mm -hmm. and how we map up. But I think that the, entire world right now is really focused on, as I mentioned, skilling and upskilling. And so we see a lot of that um, in the future. As the big picture for me, though, I built Sensia to really give people, and there's billions of people around the world that are discriminated against for jobs because somebody on the other end had these subjective filters. And what excites me the most about Sensia is that Sensia allows people to get to, to remove those filters and to really take back some of the time they've spent trying to come up with what they think those filters are. And it allows that, those ta that talent that has been unseen and unheard and not even evaluated for opportunities to be found. And that's exciting to me. So what we are, our goal is that really in the next five years, you would never think of searching by keyword ever again. Yeah. So Joe, you've talked a lot about the keywords and how that helps to remove human bias. 
Um, when, for example, an employer utilizes that search, are there other things that are removed? For example, there's a lot of statistics that show that dependent on the person's name, you know, whether or not the recruiter or the hiring manager can pronounce it, whether or not they are maybe determining what type of background that person comes from, that oftentimes those candidates might get overlooked as well. Are there any other things from a bias perspective that Sensi is doing in that regard? Yeah. So we have, um, we have what's called anonymized mode. Anonymous mode is, yeah, it anonymizes people. So it takes away any of those identifying, not just stripping on the back end when we do a match, but also stripping on the front end so that when you're pushing, you're evaluating the right candidates and you're identifying the right candidates that people are treated equally through that process. And so it anonymizes things like you're talking about name. Now, once candidates get into the interview, we, we are no longer involved in that process, right? My, what does happen that is a byproduct of Sensia is the talent pool is much more balanced. So there's been some great studies and I think it's, it's super interesting. Um, you know, Harvard came out with a, a study that's now been backed up a lot, which is if you're interviewing six people, and one of those female, one of those people is a female. She has a statistically a zero percent chance of getting the job. Zero percent. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how awesome she is. Doesn't matter what color. Doesn't matter anything. Now this is the same with minorities. So you can. I'm using women as one of the categories. They used women too, but they they reference that other minorities are the same. The second you put two in a pool of six they have a much higher probability of being looked at, but they still have a much lower probability of getting the job. So they're probably not going to be hired. The second they're three, now the scale has tipped so that actually the woman is in favor. The women are in favor. So the women go from having zero chance to now all of a sudden when it's treated fair and you put a pop, you put a pool of candidates in front of hiring managers where the difference is not looked at as negative, but actually a positive. That's when they're able to say, I really want to see, I want women. Now, what we're seeing is that when you strip bias and you have higher quality people coming on the output, that talent pool is way more diverse. So you're bringing candidates into interviews that are much more diverse than you would if you're trying to do that as a hard human search. Mm -hmm. And it's no human, it's not a recruiting thing. It's no humans able to do what is required today to find people. So it is much more of us understanding that we're feeding that population, that pool with much stronger, diverse candidates, um, across all, across every, every aspect. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting study. I, I have not yeah. seen that. And, um, I can't tell you how many people are like statistically zero, that's not possible. And I'm like, look it up. They're like, I can't believe this is true. <laughs> it's Harvard. Yeah. It's gotta be true. Right. Um, no, that, that is, that's super interesting. Um, well, I, I want to thank you for coming on, Joe. Before uh, before we do wrap, and I let or you let the audience know kind of how to get a hold of you. Um, is there anything else that you know you you wanted to address? Oftentimes, when we close out these podcasts, people are like, "Hold on, hold on, I gotta say one more thing." You know, so I want to give that opportunity to you, um, so that our audience can get everything out of this that they hope to. Yeah, I think that this is also just an exciting time for people. I think we're just going to see a lot more borderless hiring. You know, the, the idea that people have to be within a certain radius of an office space is not going to, it's going to allow for great talent to be found in a much better way. Yeah. I also am really excited about the idea of remote work and what's going to happen there. You know, I think we are all, COVID was really hard for the world. And 
will have a lot of negative impact. But I think in the end of it, what's going to happen is that we're going to see a rebound that's going to be both stronger and better than it was before, because we will have made a major jump into this digital transformation that we're supposed to be. So I'm really excited about being part of this. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Me. And, um, and I don't want to jump off that really quick because we didn't talk a lot about the work from home yeah. and how that is going to be changing. Yeah. And the fact that, um, you know, if I go hire somebody in San Francisco, again, to your point, Google comes to mind and some yeah. of those Silicon Valley things, but there may be small competitors in that area that you would not know. Right. And just because you don't have somebody in that area. Um, so you're going to need a solution like this to, to help narrow down and find those, those better candidates. So that's a great topic. Um, we do another show on that, but I, I wish, I wish we, we could have uh, touched on that because it is going to be a big change and, Huge. and, uh, solutions like Sensei are definitely going to help. How can people get in contact with, with you, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, yeah, um, LinkedIn is great. Twitter is great. Um, I, uh, you can follow me. I'm Joanna Kid Riley, uh, are most of my handles. Um, kid is my middle name. I'm not just, people are always like, what is the kid thing? Um, <laughs> somewhere way back in the day, I was Captain Kid is my great, 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 great grandfather or something. So anyway, I got stuck with middle name. So Joanna Kid Riley, now you know why. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also, you know, come and join us at Sensia. You know, we have Ready to Hire is super easy. It's really cool way of getting access to our technology and incredible talent that's out there today. If you're somebody that's been displaced, I can tell you the future is bright. Um, we're here to help you and let us help you find your next job. Great. Thanks so, so much, great. Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get this podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have any questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.